to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from DraftKings Studios, with your hosts, Kyle Morganoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in to another new year of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Morganoni, once again with my bestest buddy, Matthew Betts. Betts, it's a new year and it's a new you. New year, new me, right? I mean, yeah. Um, dude, this is this is weird. I feel like I haven't talked to you in like a month is what it feels like. Um, because last week you ditched me so that you could just move across the country. So selfish of you. Um, and I'm not going to lie. It, it correlated negatively with my bankroll. So I missed you last week. Uh, I need you back in my life, Kyle. And I think the listeners do as well to help us take down this week 18 slate. I knew we were close, but... This feels even better, but the weird part is it was good for my bankroll. I did what a lot of listeners did, and I listened to the podcast. You know, I listened to you. You got to do the one on Tuesday by yourself, solo pod. It was awesome. And then you and John Daigle on the Friday podcast, I listened to that, read the articles. I was a DFS Pass subscriber while moving across the country, and I was able to cash in my lineup. So what's up with that? I don't know, man. (laughs) It seems like that always happens. Like when you're so deep in the weeds of this stuff and like plugging away on the information it almost seems like it gets uh too much at times but sometimes it's good to take a step back you know uh find the the right edge on the slate and then go from there i think my biggest downfall um in talking to daigle actually and i'm not blaming daigle by any means <laughs> but he and i were talking about that kc game and i was like you know what are your thoughts here like what do you think he's like dude have we seen zach taylor give us any confidence that he's gonna let joe burrow do this multiple games in a row and i was like man he's right like when they want to, they're just going to run it with, with Joe Mixon. And what does Betts do? Goes full fade on the KC Cincinnati game. And there goes Jamar Chase for three touchdowns. Joe Burrow goes bananas. So not a good week for me at GPPs. It was fine in cash. Like It was kind of one of those weeks where um pretty much came out even. Good in cash, not great in GPPs. But that'll happen sometimes. Yep. Hopefully you had a great week. I know for a lot of people it was Christmas, New Year's. Um, and like Betts mentioned, I am here in Arizona at Fans Footballers Headquarters. It's a new season of life, and so I really appreciate a lot of you listeners reaching out while I was driving across the country while my family flew out here. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a new season. And for us, we have one more week of the regular season before we get into what you and I love talking about, which is playoff DFS. It's a different kind of slate. So we do have an exciting uh, next couple of weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. Let's quickly review this past week. And what were the couple plays you needed in cash? So, Betts, your your head was way further in it, which sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> where where were you at in cash, and what did people need? <laughs> yeah, this week there is you know two priority spends on the slate, and they're honestly the same every week. You know, it's it's Jonathan Taylor and it's Cooper Cup, and on a slate like this, if you wanted to get up to those guys because they were so expensive, you absolutely had to have Trey Lance at forty eight hundred. In a really good spot against the Texans, so he was a guy that we were on all week in the DFS pass, and most of the you know people playing DFS were there too in cash. He was like 70 percent in double ups, um, and then as well, cheap guys that you kind of had to consider at least putting in your lineup: Braxton Berrios, Cortland Sutton, and the tight end for the Chargers, Steven Anderson, who had a uh, blazing one point eight points on DraftKings. Um, those guys were just so cheap that they allowed you to get up to those names, so it was a really common build this week. <laughs> as far as like who to play to be able to play up for cup 
um, and Jonathan Taylor, which I did. And um, if you didn't play Braxton Berrios in cash, I mean, certainly he buried you. I went full fade on Berrios in GPPs. I was like, look, this is a dude on the Jets, A. So that's not working working in his favor. B, Zach Wilson is a terrible quarterback. C, this team has like a 16 implied total. I thought there was no way he would have success to break the slate. What does he do? Betts goes full fade in GPPs and he just goes off. So you had to have Braxton Berrios, especially in cash. Yes, I was fortunate enough to have him in my lineup. And a couple other names that I think were just safe plays. Dave Montgomery, last two weeks, I've been fortunate enough to play him in cash. Just felt super safe. And I stacked him with the Chicago defense, which ended up going bananas against the Giants. So really, it was the combination this past week of the Stars and Scrubs approach. And if you didn't get that, then you were kind of paying up for a lot of players I don't know, like wide receivers in the five or six K range that maybe had good medium projections, but the way your roster was constructed, you weren't able to get those high totals, especially if you didn't have the Bengals. So for me, it was the same thing you mentioned. Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup were in my lineup no matter what. And then paying down at other positions allowed me to have a pretty good lineup. So I was fortunate enough in cash. Uh, Any other takeaways you have heading into this week? I think uh, last week, the biggest takeaway for me was trying to not get stuck on a play early in the week. Like when Daigle and I talked on um, Thursday for the Friday show is when we record on Thursdays, he and I were talking, we're like, DraftKings just made a huge mistake with Antonio Brown. Like, how is he this price? And in my head, even through the week of like, didn't practice Thursday, didn't practice Friday. I just had this fear, like going into Sunday, I was like, how do I not play Antonio Brown in cash? And obviously in hindsight, like it was a train wreck based off what happened. And if you missed the news, <laughs> you should not struggle to find it out there. Basically walked off the field. Um, so that just hurt because about an hour before lock, I was I was off of AB because you and I were talking in Slack. We're like, man, what do you think of this ankle issue? Like, is it enough to kind of flip the coin in the other direction? And he was out there apparently like in pregame warmups looking fine. So I don't know what happened. I did play him. It was a, a huge mistake, obviously. Um, so I think that's my biggest takeaway going into this week is like, don't get locked on a player on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. So much can change as the week goes on. Yes. And we get teen, which we're about to preview is it's, I mean, it's a, it's a different thing. We talk about this every single week with DFS. You have to wipe the slate clean. You can't approach each week the exact same. So it should be fun. If you want all of our content for week 18, you want a divisional round, wildcard round, conference championship, Super Bowl. Betts is even going to put out some props during the Super Bowl that he did this past year. Uh, there's just a lot of good content left. You can go to DFSPass.com, use promo code DFSPOD, and you and I just kind of get to keep this thing rolling. So just a little scheduling update. This is the last week that Betts and I will be doing two shows a week, but next week, we're still going to be putting out DFS pods. It's going to be once a week and going all the way through. So, um, yeah, stay with us. Stay connected. And uh, we love getting to be a part of your DFS winnings. Let's talk about the state of the main slate. State of the main slate. Each week, we refer to the lines at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's where Bets and I play. And now, here in Arizona... I play all the time bets. I actually set a wager on the Steelers game on the toilet yesterday, and I came out with a winner. <laughs> Nothing better than you know a little multitasking. You're taking care of one thing, taking care of business. You're also taking care of business on your phone, getting these wagers in. Uh, what was what was the bet? Did you bet Steelers? So I actually, I mean, I was moving the lines, man. I was on Steelers money line when it was plus money a couple days ago, and then I doubled down 
when I doubled down on the toilet and <laughs> let's just say that I was uh I was doing pretty well. So I came out came out looking pretty good on the Steelers victory, even though it was clearly an ugly game. But Dude, that uh, is the ultimate double down right there. I felt great about it. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I almost wanted to just like call my mom and tell her. But um <laughs> Yeah, you can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. Let's check in with a couple of wagers that we've made. I'll tell you ones that I made, and then since coming out here to Arizona, it's been even better. It's a couple of Packers wagers that you and I talked about at the beginning of the season. We said that the Packers were due to regress in a a big way from just their win total, and then as the season's progressed, I've kind of gotten more and more confident. So I have some plus money on Packers to win their division. I have plus money on the Packers to win the NFC, to win the Super Bowl. And then I also have some plus ones on Matt LaFleur to win coach of the year. So I'm feeling pretty good about those. Oh, those are interesting wagers. I didn't even consider Matt LaFleur at this point. I feel like there's a lot of really good candidates for coach of the year this year. So that's going to be fun to see who comes out with it. Um, I'm going to start with one for me that's down. And this is one that we were talking about over the last day or so. Dak Prescott felt like an absolute lock for comeback player of the year. You know, the horrific ankle issue. Dallas was supposed to be a really good team last year. Obviously, they fell apart with the Dak injury. And this year, you know, they're headed to the playoffs. Dak looks great. Well, not so fast. Joe Burrow, what he is doing over the last two weeks of the season, almost a 1,000 yards passing in these last two games, has been unreal. And we're seeing a huge shift in the market as far as the favorite there. So what I was once counting as a win Maybe not at this point. I mean, I, I personally think Joe Burrow probably deserves it more than Dak, don't you? Yes, and I, I remember I was messaging with you, and I had to double down just to hedge my early Dak bets because Dak just felt like such an easy bet on plus money before the season. But yeah, I placed a couple of Joe Burrows recently just to make sure that I'm getting one of those two winners. Yeah, dude, either way, that's coming away with a positive, so it's, that's good strategy for you. Yes, and... You can follow along with all those. Bets and I will probably give out more of that content. We love doing it for the NFL draft. So if you're interested more in sportsbook stuff and just it, it helps you prognosticate for football in general and for DFS. So we think all of those intersect. That'll be fun for our NFL draft shows coming up in March. But let's talk about these lines this week. People, if you were interested in really high total games that are really exciting, this ain't it. In fact... <laughs> I shared the totals of the slate this week with bets for the main slate for DFS. And there is one game, one game over the 44 total. It's the Seahawks at the Cardinals as a 48 total. It's the highest on the slate and all the rest of them are 44 or below, including Washington at the Giants at a 38 total. So woof, what do we do on a slate like this? Dude, this is this is a big week for defenses, man. <laughs> big week for the defenses. Um, this is a tough slate we, because when you look at game stacks, which is what we always talk about with correlation, you know we're looking for those games that can get north of fifty, sometimes up to hopefully sixty points. And on this slate, uh, truthfully, there might not be any that, that even get past fifty. Like you said, the the highest is forty eight, and that's Seattle and Arizona. So what I'm doing on this slate personally is trying to find onslaught stacks of teams that have a lot of motivation this week to play their starters the full game and win. And because the seven playoff spots available this year as opposed to the six, normally in the last week of the season, like there's not that many. This week, there's actually quite a bit. And if you're in the DFS pass, I wrote some of this stuff up in the Vegas report. 
about teams I'm targeting uh, with players who are projected to play because their teams need to win. And on a, a slate like this, you know, they got the Titans favored by 10 and a half. You've got the, the Bills favored at home by 17 points. You know, you've got um, another huge total with the Colts favored by 15 points against the Jaguars. So these are all awesome teams against terrible teams with a huge spread, but their implied total is massive. So I'm probably going to be targeting, you know, four, five, six teams on the slate and just trying to find guys that are motivated and have a high total uh, for their team total. Yeah, it's it's picking your spots. We mentioned this. Really, that's kind of been the trend, right, for the last month of the season has been finding these onslaught because if you've noticed our just our show in general, like we start off the year talking about these 50 totals, or at least two or three every single week that we were targeting and stacking. And really over the last month, we've had not even you know one game that's close to 50. Like It's been pretty rough across the board. So it's really important to make sure that you are finding ways to get an edge over the field and just finding the right onslaught stack because there's so many choices this week, right? Like we have the full allotment of games. There's just so many choices of where you could go. So last week, if people were underweight on Bengals options then yeah, you were toast in GPP. So you really, with so many games, need to be able to find out those options uh, that you need. What would you say early on in the week, you know, Arizona and Seattle is going to be the most popular and the motivation's there. Is there any other game that stands out to you as like, okay, I could see this getting some steam? Nope. Yeah, the one I put down here that I think is possible, it's the 49ers and the Rams. Both of these teams have motivation to win. The 49ers, while they are in a playoff spot as of now, don't have anything clinched. So they have to win to be able to get in. And then the Rams are trying to clinch the division with a win. So there's motivation on, on both sides. And we're going to talk about it in the salary standouts, but Trey Lance is still too cheap for, you know, being the starting quarterback of this team. And I, I highly doubt Jimmy G plays. So Lance is too cheap. And anytime that you have names like Debo Samuel and George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell, and on the other side of the ball, Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham, and like there's just so many ways that you can stack this game with players we know are going to play the whole game. So it's not a huge total this week, you know, sitting down in the low 40s as all of them are, but looking at big time players that can break the slate in a spot where they have to win, that's a spot that I might be looking to go to in this one. I think I'm shocked that that total is so low. Like 44 feels low for two offenses that we believe in. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with Lance and maybe how the game slows down. But if it were me right now, I would take the over. And if it was me, I might even place a live wager on the show as we're speaking. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, of course. For sure. So, um, yeah, that's the game that I think I like the most, too. Um, sneaky. I'll give you a sneaky game, okay? And I know it might sound gross. It's the Titans and the Texans, okay? Now, a 43 total, you might hear that and say, oh, that's gross. That's like the fifth highest on this slate because uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of 44s and... 40s and 42 anyway the Texans beat this Titans team earlier this year I don't know if you guys remember this but the Texans have actually played pretty well recently and at home remember two weeks ago they did beat the Chargers so I think that there's a couple of pieces here Rex Burkhead's been more relevant uh Brandon Cooks we know is solid and then on the Titans like last week wasn't an AJ Brown week I like him this week and they have to win like they want to win to get that one seed and get the bye so it really is super important for the Titans to be able to play their starters the whole game. So I think there could be some value there with those two teams. And it's a Devonta, a Donta Foreman revenge game. Ooh, that means everything. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I think that makes a lot of sense, especially because, you know, Davis Mills and the Texans have shown a willingness or at least an ability 
to push back when they have to. And like you said, hung 41 on the Chargers. No one saw that coming. So yeah, I like that game quite a bit, especially if it is going to come on, come in under the radar. Okay, which game do you feel like I don't want any part of this week? I mean, you said this this slate is bad, like as far as totals. You mentioned 38 points between the football team and the Giants who are starting Jake from. 0% chance I'm game stacking that. I could see 13 to 10 sort of situation. I mean, the last time Jake Fromm took the football field, the dude threw a pick, completed about 30% of his passes <laughs> for like 30 yards before getting pulled from Mike Lennon. And whenever you're getting pulled from Mike Lennon, that is an all-time low. So no thank you on the football team and Giants. Yeah, sadly, our boy, Mike Glennon, and that's what I like to say. I, I know you guys, listeners, you love him, and I, I guess I'll get behind the fact that everyone likes him. I, I mean, it's fine. Um, he's not going to be playing this next week. He's out. So uh, sad sad times for our boy, Mikey G. I will say New England and Miami. It has a 40 total. It feels like it's a defensive battle. You saw the Dolphins put up three points against the Titans. It wasn't pretty, so... I don't mind being underweight and it's just the ball spread around so much for the Patriots. It's really hard getting on board. There is one cash play we will talk about in a second that I feel like is an elite play this week, but I won't be stacking up that game. Uh, Who do you feel most confident hits their team implied total and goes over it this week? Yeah. If you would have asked me this about this team, you know, six weeks ago, I would have probably not answered with this team, but Seattle over the last five weeks has been pretty awesome on offense actually they have a 20 and a half implied total taking on the Cardinals the Cardinals are giving up an average of 25.2 points over the last five meanwhile in that same sample Seattle is fifth highest in scoring in the league and they've hit their Vegas total as far as uh, the game total not their team total but the game total in Seattle games has gone over and for the last five Maybe Rashad Penny was the answer all along, man. I mean, it only took four years or whatever, but here we are. And like you talked about, you know, Arizona, they're a team that they they want this win. They need this win for seeding and all that sort of thing. And then Seattle, like they're just not, not going to let the Cardinals just walk all over them to an easy win. So I could see Seattle pushing back. There's rumors of Russ Wilson leaving Seattle. Like, is he motivated for his last potential game there? You know, there's there's all these storylines that you can, you can bake into it. But the numbers say Seattle has been better than this uh, team implied total suggests. I like that call a lot because it is the game at 20 and a half feels a little low, uh, especially what we just saw from Russ. I'm going to go stay in division. I'm going to go with the Rams. They have a 24 and a half point team implied total at home against the Niners. I already said, I like that game to hit the over and I feel confident in their offense. San Francisco's past defense. It's been weak. They've given up the fourth most points to fantasy wide receivers. So yep. Cooper Cup's going to be great once again. So I, I like the Rams. They are motivated they win, and they win the NFC West, so it's an important game. So I'll take that one. And then uh, give me a team that you are confident hits the under. Yeah, you just mentioned you know, you're a little concerned about that New England and Miami game as far as being a potential fade. So let's just keep going with Miami. I mean, 16.5 points doesn't sound like a lot. When these two teams played, it was a 17-16 to 16 game. Meanwhile, Miami has gone under in six of their last nine. And New England is max motivation at this point. They do have a chance to still get the one seed, possibly. So they're motivated in this spot against Tua and the Dolphins. I am going to say the Jaguars because you and I fade them every single week and say they don't hit their team implied total. So just expect that once again. They're a historically bad team. And Trevor Lawrence has like been historically bad himself. He's leading the league in interceptions right now. So I don't really want any part of that, especially the Colts. Colts win. And they're in the playoffs, so there's a lot of motivation there. 
Let's talk about our favorite salary standouts. Salary standouts. All right, let's look at some of the names this week that you and I looked at and said, hey, on DraftKings, on FanDuel, these are the names that stand out. And these are the names that you can kind of start a cash game, pool with, maybe a tournament, player pool, just ones that we say, hey, put them on your radar. Things could change. And I just want to say this, and you can add anything you want, bets. This week will rapidly change. We will find out there are certain players that are on snap counts that uh, coaches give a bunch of talk that say, hey, we're going to play our starters like Matt LaFleur, and you can just kind of go, no, no, you're not. So <laughs> he's not. There's just no you way. You are a liar. <laughs> so we can we have to kind of calibrate the way that we look at certain players and go for guaranteed touches. Like, I know this team's in it. I know this player's a good salary standout. Uh, like Dave Montgomery, it's like, okay, he's going to be the dude probably. He's solid. He's been getting the work. We feel like they're going to be you know, playing him for most of the game. Those kind of players, you just can get guaranteed volume. So anything you want to say about Week 18 and just the weird place that it is? It is weird. That is for sure. Um, I think there's a huge edge in Week 18, and really that's because if you're plugged into understanding these motivation situations, um, not only for the teams, but there's also, I think maybe it's not everything that I'm going to bake into what's going on, but there's certain player motivations for contract bonuses, um, for milestones, for things like that. So use that, I think, too. And we'll probably have that content up either in the DFS pass or we'll talk about it in the, the next show. But basically, that's another factor to consider in week 18. And if you're plugged into those sort of things, especially the playing time, I think there's a pretty big edge this week. I remember last year in week 17 was one of my better weeks in, in DFS because of that and understanding how this slate is just so different. For sure. And looking at quarterback, it's almost like we can just press copy and paste from last week. Like the same values that are there are not priced up nearly enough. So Trey Lance, 5.5K feels like he is too easy to put in your lineup. Like last week, 4.8 was a steal. We said, why would you go anywhere else in cash? Do you feel like he's the easiest play this week? I think probably right now, based off how the slate looks, especially considering that there's two guys that we want to try to find a way to play one of them, and Jonathan Taylor at 9.3 or Cooper Cup at 9.7, and maybe we'll get lucky and get value and be able to play them both again like we did last week. But yeah, looking on the slate, like you can't go below Trey Lance. So if you do want to save money and get up to those guys, he pretty much has to be in your lineup at this point, it, it seems like anyway. The matchup on paper isn't awesome with the Rams, but we know any quarterback that can run the football can really pad the stat line. And that's what he's going to do. All right. Between him and Taysom Hill, they feel like the cash game quarterbacks that you can say they're going to get eight to 10 rushing attempts. You're they're in a spot where they're going to be competitive. I mean, saints technically have a chance to get in the playoffs as well. So do you have a lean between Lance and Taysom? I haven't started building uh, yet to kind of look at how things go. My, my early lean is just to say, like, let's take the savings and go down to five and a half thousand for Lance as opposed to 6.2 for Taysom. And that's just because, again, I do want to prioritize, prioritize those names of Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup and Cash this week. The other name that we're going to mention is Josh Allen. Uh, I mean, they're huge favorites, right? 17 point favorites. They have the highest team implied total on DraftKings is 8.1. I like him just as well on FanDuel at 8.8. You can't go wrong with Allen. And if you're worried, you're like, oh, well, maybe they're going to be up. It's not going to matter. Last year, they did the exact same thing, and they destroyed the Dolphins. They put up 56 in the last week of the season. So 
The Bills are built a little different, and I think their passing game is due for a bounce back because, dude, they struggled against the Falcons. I mean, it's the Falcons. Are you surprised? They're so good. Um, <laughs> no, that was, that was really surprising. What did he throw? Three picks last week? I mean, you, you can't throw against the Falcons in the snow. <laughs> That's because they don't play in the snow. Um, yeah, no, it, it definitely was not a great performance. He was still good for fantasy, obviously, because he didn't run the football. Right. I'm with you, though. Like, if he gets overlooked in tournaments, I mean, playing Josh Allen double stacks is almost an auto uh, situation for me. I'll throw out one more on FanDuel. Matthew Stafford at 7.4. He's actually struggled in their two big matchups. Like, they had plus matchups against, what, the Vikings and the Ravens, and he kind of just sputtered. But he's still value. You still can double stack him. Um, and I think it's a good spot right there. At running back, there's a couple of values this week. Where do you want to start there? Yeah, there's a lot that I like in that you know 5K, lower 6K range, and I guess I'm just going to ask you this this question. Are you going to actually click the button? Assuming Ronald Jones is out, assuming Keyshawn Vaughn is out, are you going to play, I wrote down here, uh, meh Vion Bell? Because let's be honest, at this point in his career, it's meh. Like He's fine. He'll get touches. 5K is a good tag, but am I just being biased or like is this is this is this a bad play, Kyle? Please help. I I don't think he'll get 15 touches. I really don't. Like I think that they're in a position. I mean, honestly, they could because I mean he's probably not even going to make the playoff roster. You know, like it's totally possible that he's just done. But I wouldn't want to entrust if he was 4K, then yes. But 5K isn't that crazy of a savings compared to players like Chase Edmonds at 5.8. Ramondre Stevenson, you and I are all about that this week, especially on FanDuel at 6.5. It's just, it's not that big of a savings for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I think same thing. If he was cheaper, sure. It's just, I mean, like there is a scenario that you look at and you say, okay, the Bucks have a huge total. He's going to catch passes from Tom Brady. You know, there's no AB now. There's still no Godwin. There's no Leonard Fournette. What if there's no Rojo? Like, there's no Antonio Brown. He's gonna project. Yeah, good God, he's gonna project well, I think. But I'm just so scared. So I, I'm already telling you right now, like, no way in tournaments. I'm gonna leave the light on, maybe a little bit for cash, but I'm just I'm concerned for sure. Okay, it's worth it at that price to be able to say maybe in cash. Jared Patterson is only three hundred dollars more. If you knew that Antonio Gibson was not gonna be playing. Is Jared Patterson in your lineup? I think probably. I mean, it's a game that we're not excited about. It's got the lowest total. But like you said, if they do sit uh-huh. down Gibson, the Giants, I mean, at this point, have zero motivation. You can obviously run the football on them. Saw 12 carries last week, you know, five targets. Like, if you're going to get 15 to 18 opportunities in a game at that tag in cash, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I love seeing the passing down work, too. He didn't have a ton of that in his profile at Buffalo in college, but yeah, I, I like him. I like the matchup. I like the price. So he's definitely the cheaper one that I like this week. Um, what about Devin Singletary? I know you and Daigle talked about him this past week. He came through again with a touchdown. He saw 22 carries at 6K against the Jets. Interested? I think based off the way you said it, <laughs> you know, he just have to be. It's the Jets, A. And B, yeah, Devin Singletary's role has just been insane these last, you know, two, three, four weeks. He's the dude. And last week saw 23 carries. Um, He's obviously getting work in the passing game, too. Only saw a target last week, but in his prior game, six targets. Two weeks before that, seven targets. So that's in his bag of tricks as well. 
And yeah, I mean, at that tag, if you're going to get somewhere around 20 touches against the Jets, I'm going to play that all day. I will be paying up probably for Jonathan Taylor yet again. 9.3 feels fine. Like it doesn't feel way too expensive. You know, you're going to get 100 yards, probably a touchdown against the Jags. Heavy favorites. If you knew you could lock in 20 points at 9.3, would you take that? I think so. And I think there's probably room for even more, right? right. I mean, like the Jaguars are done. They're checked out. They're on the golf course at this point. Like it, it's over, right? So <coughs> Indianapolis, max motivation. Jonathan Taylor, max motivation. Needs 266 rushing yards to join that 2,000-yard club. One of only, uh, there's eight backs currently in that in that club to be the ninth. So is that a huge feat for him to get? Of course. Is he going to rush for 266 yards? I don't know. But I think they're going to try to help him get there potentially and as you said 15 point favorites he's going to just feast in this positive game script so yeah jtt seems like a priority spin all right and i'll mention one more name and you can throw out anyone else you want but elijah mitchell at 6k feels too cheap still like jeff wilson goosed this past week like he only saw 12 snaps no touches and elijah mitchell feels like when he's the dude he's the guy i get it the matchup's not beautiful but if you weren't playing lance and you want to get some exposure, I feel like he's just too solid. I'm probably going to be playing him in tournaments as a pivot off of Lance and a chance just to get some exposure to that game. Yeah, I like that call as well. The other name I'll throw out is Chase Edmonds, like you talked about at 5.8. It really just comes down to, is James Conner in the lineup or not? They keep saying like he's getting close, and they think he'll play, and then he keeps getting rolled out with his heel issue, which I haven't actually heard specifically what's going on with that, but... It's pretty simple. If he's out and Edmonds is the dude, I actually ended up playing Edmonds in cash last week when there was a report that uh, Connor was unlikely to play from Ed Warder. So if he's out again at 5.8 against Seattle, we love to attack Seattle with pass catching running backs. That's exactly what Chase Edmonds does. And Rashad Penny just went absolutely uh, nuclear in this game last week as, as well as um, players in the past. So yeah, this game looks awesome for Chase Edmonds. If he's the only guy, I'm definitely playing him. A wide receiver, Cooper Cup, we're going to be talking about forever. 9.7. I mean, the, the 49ers secondary is laughable how they've stayed in games because they're just bad. They have the corpse of your boy Josh Norman playing for them. It's just, it's not a good secondary at all. Um, so, 9.7. Is this almost the same thing? Like, do we play JTT and Cup? I mean, the tricky thing is, like, to do that, you have to have, you have to have Lance. You have to absolutely punt a tight end. And you probably have to have another punt option come into the lineup somehow, whether it's from an injury or a COVID situation. It seems tough to do with the names that we have on the dock right now. Yeah, for sure. Last week, remember, we had Barrios 3.3, Lance was 4.8. So you're probably not going to find that same value. We had Steven Anderson at 2.5. So that was how you construct the lineup. It's tempting. I feel like the conversation might be more, who do you pick between those two? So where do you prioritize, JTT or Cup? Oh man, it's just, it's insanely close. I think I lean, this might sound crazy. I think I lean Cooper Cup. What? Because I feel like there's so many strong running back plays in the 5K to 6K range. And at wide receiver, I'm not sure what your thoughts are this week, but I don't feel like there's as much of a strong projected play player pool in those middle kind of price tags. Yeah, there's there's really not many players in the 4 and 5K range that we could fill our lineup with. So I see what you're saying. I just think Taylor, Taylor's touchdown equity, Taylor's 100 point, 100 yard bonus, feels like almost a near lock. And Cups is 
obviously been insane. 95 plus yards. It's also, it's also a lock. He's like a 95-yard <laughs> lock. I need the 100-yard I mean, lock. listen, this is what he needs. He needs 12 catches to pass Michael Thomas' record for receptions. He needs 136 yards to break Calvin Johnson's receiving record. Dang. Okay, you're talking me into... I wanna, Against Josh Norman. <laughs> I want to play both. So we'll see later on the week when we record if there's other value at the wide receiver. There are cheap guys. Laquan Treadwell has had four catches and at least 50 yards in six straight weeks. If you knew you were getting 10 points from Treadwell at 4.4, is that like a route you could go? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I know that that was on uh, the Tuesday show for the main show. The guys talked a lot about that of just like the floor is there. And in cash games, that's mostly what we care about, right? Can this guy give me 10 points? I think Treadwell probably can. Okay. So I like Treadwell in that kind of four or five K range. Our boy, Michael Pittman at 5.9. Pity City is, he's still alive. His heart's beating. Uh, Carson Wentz is not. He looked really bad this past week. Um, So you could go there, Michael Pittman. Christian Kirk at 6K. Brandon Cooks, I like a lot at 6.3. Just a really strong projection across the board. And then if you wanted to pay up, I probably will in tournaments. Justin Jefferson at 8.1. If Kirk Cousins is back, I'm interested. Yeah. I I mean, in tournaments, for sure. Like, I'm always going to take a shot on Justin Jefferson, but I just don't think the salaries will work out to be able to spend up for him in cash. Do you kind of feel the same yeah I, I think he's he's one of those plays that stood out to me that says i want to play him this week and it probably will end up being tournaments i mean he's 1600 dollars cheaper than cup but we know he has a similar ceiling it's the end of the right. year against the bears i like the matchup on Fanduel. i love stefan Diggs at 7.7 if you're going to stack up allen and Diggs and then maybe add someone like gabe davis i feel like that's a really easy double stack and a way to get off single terry who's probably going to be chalk Yep, I'm with you. Gabe Davis, too cheap. Um, especially he's had the role like near the end zone, so he's fine on DraftKings. But on FanDuel, where we care a lot about touchdown equity, Gabe Davis is definitely interesting. Especially, you know, just monitor the news. We'll see what happens with Emmanuel Sanders. He missed last week because of the knee issue. Yeah, Gabe Davis went over 100 against these same Jets earlier in the year, so I, I like him a lot. And then, yeah, we mentioned Christian Kirk on both sites. On FanDuel, is even better at 6.2. At tight ends... You and I like the same guy at uh, it just the target share has been awesome for Zach Ertz, but tell me about his price on, on DraftKings Cause it's, it works well in lineups. Yeah. He's 5.3 this week. Um, he was the guy I really played a lot of last week at 5.2 in this like Dallas Cardinals, uh, game stack that I played a lot of. And this week taking on Seattle, certainly you like that. And yeah, like you said, the target share is there 27% target share since DeAndre Hopkins got injured. So you know what you're going to get with Zach Ertz. He's a guy that I feel like I say this all the time about players, but I question, can he break the slate? Probably not. But can he give you a GPP winning performance and also be viable in cash? I think so. Gronk is 6.3. He's a value considering, I mean, last week, 7 for 115, 10 targets. He's involved. Antonio Brown's gone. We like Gronk a lot. Tyler Higby. At 4, 4K, I feel like it's another cash option. I don't love the punt option, so for me, it's probably going to be Ertz or Higby in cash right now. But um, Higby saw uh, nine targets. He went six for 69 this past week, so like him a lot. And then uh, we got to talk about your boy, the Muth, on FanDuel, 5.1 against the Ravens. Um, 
that's cheap. That's just too cheap for, for a site that is touchdown dependent, and that's what we've seen the Muth do. So I don't mind him at 5.1 uh, there. Give me some DST names you like this week. On FanDuel, the football team is $5,000. They are the DST one, which I get. I mean, FanDuel, they've seen Jake Fromm throw a football, so they understand. Um, but on DraftKings, they're all the way down at 3.1 in the middle of pricing. So I don't think I'm going to play them on FanDuel, just given how popular they're going to be, um, especially you know on the site where you have to pay up for them. On DraftKings, they're in play, I think, almost certainly in cash. Probably a fade in GPPs because they're going to be so popular. But against Jake Fromm, they're going to project extremely well. Yeah, they're, they're easily the top defense, especially with that price. The Bills are obviously projecting great, right? 17-point favorites. Uh, 3.7 on DraftKings, 4.5 on FanDuel. They're great on both sides. And then I'll just throw out the Vikings on DraftKings at 2.9. I would play them. They're at home against Chicago. If you want to drop below that 3K range, there's really not a lot of punt options, right? I feel like the last couple of weeks, we haven't been able to just say, give me the 2.3 team or give me the, the stone men. Um, is there any options that you see? As of now, not really. I mean, maybe we get Jordan Love if um, if Rodgers doesn't play and maybe they sit Devontae Adams. Then I guess you could talk me into the Lions. They'll play hard for Dan Campbell. They're 2.4. Um, that's really it though, as far as where I'd be willing to go in the bottom of the pricing. You can go to ballersdfs.com and you can play in our DraftKings league, which goes through the playoffs, fantasy footballers, DFS board plus bets. Uh, I did a tournament this past week. It was called the new year's miracle. And someone came home with a lot of cash at the beginning of the year. I thought that was a fun way to reward our listeners. So we'll be releasing more of those. I've really been kind of slow since moving across the country, but I'm excited to do more of those contests or battle of the Borg, battle of the bets type contest, but go to ballersdfs.com and you can play with us in bets. I'm going to let you sign us out. Oh, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah, dude, how could you prioritize moving across the country over these DK lineups and these, uh, these contests? So yes, there'll be more of them this week. It'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully you can play with us. Get up in the DFS pass. We're going through the playoffs. We'll see you on Friday for the week 18 main show. listening to another edition of the fantasy footballers dfs podcast don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com